Hello, welcome back to episode three of In My Body podcast. Yeah, my name is Yokes. My name is Tammy. Alright, in today's episode, we are right now recording. Today is middle of August. That's fast. Yeah, and right now we are sitting in this space where we can gaze at the weather outside. Tammy, would you like to tell our listeners how you feel about the weather today? Mm, today, I woke up, there was rain. Mm. It felt really cooling and nice. Yeah, today just feels very gentle and easy, mm-hmm. right? The past few days, the heat was just getting into me. Mm. Internally, I feel a lot of heat. I can't find the right word. It's just intense scorching heat within. Does that make any difference to your mood? Mm. Yeah, I get a little bit more irritable mm. Mm. when there's when things around me gets too warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so... Our external environment really affects our internal environment too, right? Mm. And so, dear listeners, wherever you are, as you are tuning in right now in this moment, we'd love to invite you to maybe take a pause. If you are outside, you're welcome to gaze upward at the sky and noticing what the weather is right now and how the weather is making you feel if you are indoors, you're welcome to find like a pocket of window gazing outside. Maybe you see some trees, maybe you see HDB flats, maybe you see the sky as well. So just take, taking a moment to pause and to notice your external environment and then just tuning in to see how your external environment is influencing your internal environment yeah and and in body-based trauma healing work there's quite a bit of research done on exterior sectors as well uh, exterior sectors means you know external stimuli that we can be aware of to help us be familiar and to orientate ourselves to where we are in the present moment Right now, I'm gazing at yolks. Okay, and what beautiful things do you see on the yolks that's sitting in front of you right now? I see <laughs> a very big smile on your face. Yeah, I have a lot of energy inside me. So tell me, what are we going to explore in today's episode? Today, we're going to talk more about trauma, like how we would want to define trauma. What are the different lens that we can view it? Mm, yeah. Do you find that uh, in your work with trauma, do a lot of people ask you, hey, what is the definition of trauma or like what is trauma? Like, do you find that question coming up for you a lot? I think so. But I think a lot of people that I met, they don't feel like they are maybe experiencing trauma. Mm. I don't know a better way to put it, but I think it is mm. also not nice to maybe feel that, hey, you are the person who has undergone trauma. It may not feel nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like it, there is that, that similar stigma to trauma mm. as to um, 
the stigma on mental wealth, uh, mental health, mm. right? Like people don't really like the idea that they have mental health challenges or um, that they are worried that they may be diagnosed with a mental health condition. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get the same vibe or, or the same hesitance when I talk to people about trauma. You know, a lot of times people get very curious and they ask, but what is trauma like? What is the definition of it? They ask this question because they wonder, do I have trauma? Right? And if I do, what does that mean? I have conversations with people, myself included, when I first started a little bit of a deeper reflection um, of my own relationship with trauma is... Um, Oh, nothing bad happened to me. What? Yeah, so I, I shouldn't. Statement. Yeah, I shouldn't have trauma, right? Cause my days were okay. My childhood was okay. Nothing very big happened. So, do I really have trauma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's my experience talking to people, and also myself included. My own reflection with my relationship with trauma. I had that thought also in mm. my life. Mm. Um, when I first got to know this word trauma, I really don't feel that it has happened to me. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe like the people that I've met and talked to about trauma, um, I think we all agree that there is some emotional response. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's in, we are in, if, for anyone who has undergone trauma, they will probably be in an, in an extreme shock or denial. Mm. Mm. Like extreme is the, the, thing, the word that we think Yeah, about. like extreme is the gauge, right? Yeah. To, to see oh, whether this person is experiencing or, or carrying trauma in, in their bodies. Mm. Like, oh, uh, there's an, the, the way they react mm. uh, to certain events or certain relationships or certain gestures or certain behaviors is one of an extreme extreme reaction Mm. either emotionally or behaviorally or in their speech or yeah with their words and i think when we think about tv shows we see images of people who have been traumatized like maybe shivering and hiding somewhere yeah Um, yeah yeah, maybe they really can't function in their lives. Mm. And of course, these are features mm. and manifestations of trauma. But um, I think in our podcast, we want to maybe explore further into nuances of trauma that may not manifest in extreme emotions or behaviors or speech. And so today, Tammy and I, we were thinking perhaps, you know, this conversation can start with understanding, you know, the different definitions out there and the different lens that have been offered to us to begin to look at trauma. And then hopefully we can use these definitions and lens to help us open up the conversation and to dive into the nuances a little bit more. So just now, Tammy, you mentioned about emotional responses. Uh, would you want to share with the listeners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how might a definition uh, 
surrounds mm-hmm. you know this one about uh, emotional responses okay so like I did some reading uh, and a definition that I came across from this American Psychological Association uh, so they, that's the APA right yeah commonly known as APA um, and they define trauma as an emotional response to a terrible event so that event could be like an accident a rape event or a natural disaster. Uh, so res- and emotional responses to, to such events. And immediately after this event, usually there'll be shock and denial. Over a, a time, a long period, there could be reactions like uh, unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, which may affect uh, the person's uh, functioning or dealing with managing relationships. Sometimes physical symptoms like headaches or nausea may come on and persist. Um, Such feelings are actually normal to uh, having experienced this terrible event, but there are people who find it difficult to cope um, with this response and hence they have difficulty moving on with their lives. Mm. Yeah, so and when you have, when this terrible traumatic event has affected this person um the daily functioning is really uh compromised like you you don't mm. feel like you can uh, go about your daily living as usual mm. yeah, maybe you have severe difficulties trying to get through day but get day to day even yeah. working or maybe uh, you could experience an emotion and probably perhaps difficulty to even regulate or manage mm. the feelings that may come. Regulate means what, huh, teacher Tammy? Regulate. So that our, li- <laughs> our listeners may not know okay, like, what regulate means. Um, you know, like temperature, uh-huh. a thermometer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if, if the weather gets really hot, and your body feels like really uncomfortable. Maybe you want to take a cold shower. Mm. And you begin to feel cool. Mm. So that's a way that you regulate your own body temperature. Mm. And if you feel cold, like in winter or aircon, maybe you start shivering. And you decided to put some warm jacket onto you. So mm. that you feel a little more warmer in your body. Mm. And there is a way you try to uh, bring your body temperature back to something more comfortable, constant for you. Mm. Yeah, so to regulate means to bring it, bring something back to some kind of like an equilibrium. Yeah. Right? So, wow, I love the analogy. (laughs) I also don't know a thermometer slash a regulator, right? Like, we know that there is this comfortable room temperature that we like to be in. Mm-hmm. So we, if we imagine our body as a room, right? Mm-hmm. There's also like a room temperature our body likes to be in. And anytime it goes above a, a certain temperature, then it gets severely uncomfortable, Yeah. right? And then anytime it goes further below a, a certain temperature, it also gets very uncomfortable. So that's almost like a range Mm-hmm. in the middle that we feel like oh you know like Goldilocks is just nice mm. 
Yeah, and and so, I guess trauma. When trauma triggers happen, uh, sometimes we can see that we go above or below that range that we are comfortable with. Mm. Yeah, and and so I think APA has really set out this definition around what might that range be. You think? And how when you are either above or below that range, then that's when you may see very unpredictable, big emotions, uh, flashbacks. So flashbacks would, could be in the, in the form of thoughts, in the form of very uncomfortable body sensations, um, even you know things like headaches and nausea. Mm. I think when it goes below the range, Perhaps it could be things like just very numb out Mm -hmm. and uh, feeling like you don't even want to engage with anybody at all. Yeah, avoidance. Avoidance, yeah. So talking about the APA, we know that um, under the DSM, so DSM is like, it's like the manual of mental health disorders. Uh, It's a diagnostic and also a statistical manual, right? The DSM, so... DSM also has a, a definition for trauma and it's commonly known as PTSD which stands for post-traumatic stress, stress disorder. disorder yeah suddenly cannot remember <laughs> do you feel like I'm quizzing you right now <laughs> yeah like yeah I feel like I need to bring out um, knowledge back from when I'm studying <laughs> or maybe just a few months ago some of our listeners may not be familiar with what PTSD is. So in the DSM, um, PTSD is actually a psychiatric disorder. La. And like Yokes has mentioned earlier, it is usually characterized by a few symptoms. So upon witnessing or even experiencing that traumatic event, um, people usually experience uh, flashbacks, intrusive thoughts about that event Uh, sometimes even also going as far as to avoid uh, certain places or if uh, that the event may have happened or maybe avoid certain thoughts and feelings Uh, usually there is some alterations in cognition or mood uh, meaning uh, in mood (laughs) how do I explain mood yeah, in your feelings, mm-hmm. in your thoughts. Sometimes uh, you might feel that you're unworthy mm. or have a very pessimistic view about the world or mm. yourself. Mm. Yeah. So just very, very low mm-hmm. in either your arousal levels or in your mood, so in your feelings. Mm-hmm. So that there isn't even like that drive or the energy to want to do anything at all Mm. yeah i mean all of us have days where we just want to lace in bed we don't really want to get out to do work like for example myself this morning (laughs) with the beautiful gentle and rainy weather um but i think when it happens consistently over a period of time where you just find that your energy is so low, you don't want to get out of bed, you don't even shower, you don't even um, find food or feed yourself, then that's when 
um, that's what they meant by the alteration in mood and in arousal levels that some people who are experiencing PTSD may also have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I'm curious because um, I think in PTSD, it mentioned that you have to experience or witness a traumatic event. Mm. and then you experience these following symptoms, then yeah. it is PTSD. La. But yeah. what would this traumatic event be? Yeah, so so Tammy, there's actually a very interesting backstory to how this di- um, this diagnosis of PTSD come, uh, come about, came about. Sorry, grammar not really working right now. Today is a very lazy day. Yeah, the, um, do you know the backstory? PTSD, I remember about a work done with war veterans in the US. Yeah, yeah. So this diagnosis of PTSD didn't even surface, I believe, until the 80s, either the 70s or the 80s. Mm -hmm. And one significant uh, event that was happening for the US back in those, um, I mean, back in that era between the 60s all the way to the 80s was the Vietnam War. And so um, a lot of the Vietnam War veterans came home and they will experience all kinds of intrusive um, flashbacks, uh, emotional reactivity and difficulty to adjust back to normal living. And you may or may not be familiar with the Vietnam War. It was a very long, long-drawn war and just very difficult. Um, it was a difficult and tough struggle with, mm. with Vietnam. I'm not going to go into history here, but the things that the soldiers experienced um, were severely traumatic, as in they had to go to villages to wipe out um, people, you know, killing the, the children and the women and innocent, a lot, a lot of innocent people lost their lives. Mm-hmm. And I believe um, a lot of US soldiers died as well. A lot of casualties on both ends in this long, long drawn war. PTSD was really birthed out of that um, study mm-hmm. of the war veterans coming home from the Vietnam War. I think a lot of the definition, a bulk of the definition was centered around this major event Mm -hmm. that happened in that era. And then later on, you know, in the subsequent years, so so as you are hearing this story, when I first heard this story, I just think about how new trauma understanding 
uh, it's just beginning to surface. Yeah, because yeah. I was wondering like, how come it only surfaced in the 70s, as you mentioned, when there's mm. other wars already ongoing? Yeah, yeah. So, so this, this um, I guess this understanding of trauma in the way that we are looking at it now really just came out into the field, say, in the last 40 to 50 years. That's pretty new. Yeah, that's pretty new. I'm sure... Uh, psychologists and researchers have tried to understand it in the past as well and I believe Freud you know the father or the grandfather of psychology he termed it as hysteria and so back then they had like a totally different idea of what trauma Mm. is and looked like um the nature of trauma goes all the way back, right? We share it, parts of our body that experience the fight-flight response. We share it with our mammalian ancestors. We share it even with our reptilian ancestors, mm-hmm. especially the freeze response. And, and the freeze response you know, starts from our brainstem. And anyway, I'm digressing. What, what was I talking about? PTSD, right? And how it, it is really anchored around this idea of a very, very horrific event mm-hmm. that of course span over um, uh, a long, long time and how they are noticing that the war veterans who came home really suffered the consequences. And so subsequently, what happened subsequently, teacher Tammy? <laughs> Don't know, <laughs> but I was also thinking. Um, mm. yeah, war is really a horrific event mm. uh, that I also don't wish that we would go through. It's really unfortunate that uh, some of us really have to go through those times. Mm. Then I was also wondering how this trauma would look like in our lives. Uh, right now, I mean, in Singapore, there's there's no war. I hope we don't need to go through it. Mm. But how how would this PTSD and trauma thing definition would then relate? Right, to us? right, yeah. So then, in the subsequent years, I I think probably in the last twenty or so years, uh, like I mentioned. I think it was in episode one, the first time I heard about the word complex trauma was in 2012. And probably it came, it came about, the understanding of complex trauma came about maybe uh, slightly earlier than that. So I would guess perhaps in the last 15 to 20 years, this new understanding, uh, and don't quote me on the 20 years, if you like to know details about it, I highly recommend Dr. Dr. Basil van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score. I think his team, himself as a researcher, as well as his team, has really worked very hard over the recent decades to bring forth this new understanding of a a different form of trauma that is, like you said, Tammy, happening in our day-to-day lives, and that's a lot to do with childhood trauma. Yeah, so now I think we have um, this complex trauma is not officially in the DSN yet, but just now as we were chatting, Tammy was saying that uh, CPTSD, complex PTSD is in ICD, 
you want to share a little bit about ICD, what ICD is, and then also what are they saying about what CPTSD is? Okay, so this ICD stands for International Classification of Diseases. It's now in the 11th edition. I think this ICD came from the WHO, if I'm not wrong. Mm, okay. Yeah, so um, they expanded this PTSD to include uh, more symptoms that would maybe more accurately describe those who have undergone uh, complex trauma. So not on, complex trauma is... Um, how to say there's there's this thing called big T and small T. Uh, so big T are like the one big traumas are like the one that you mentioned earlier about war, maybe a big accident, mm. traffic accident, mm. uh, things like that. And for a little trauma, not to say that this trauma is a very small event, but compared to the scale, like war, it affects millions of people at one time. Mm. But for little trauma, it maybe affects that person, that family unit. Yeah, and it includes um, events like repeated or prolonged exposure to child abuse, to bullying, domestic violence, uh, and maybe even poverty in that community. Mm. And having experienced such exposure exposure to such events over a long period of time uh, repeatedly um, it can lead one to experience not only those PTSD symptoms of uh, like flashbacks avoidant behavior changes in mood and all that uh, regulation but it also affects um, how you regulate <laughs> like uh, how you manage uh, your emotions uh, manage how you interact with people your relationships with people and maybe your attention uh, in your attention span in doing things at work or in the things that you need to commit to uh, there's also adverse um impact on your own belief system so maybe for you or for that person uh, might feel like um, I'm a good person have that kind of frame of seeing yourself but upon that repeated exposure to uh, complex trauma that person's view of themselves can change totally to feeling a sense of unworthiness there's helplessness, maybe there's no even need to seek help for anything because that person might feel not worthy of getting better or not worthy of ha- uh, enjoying good relationships. Yeah. And as and last one, there's also somatic distress. So I really love this um, definition of CPTSD in the ICD-11 because uh, this whole definition actually includes how the traumatic event can affect uh, how we feel in our body. Like what uh, Yokes has mentioned earlier, um, we want to keep ourselves functioning within a range of certain sensations and emotions. Uh, but sometimes when the traumatic event hits us and we find 
difficult to manage. Uh, we might feel anxious and we start going hyper aroused. Uh, if we find it even difficult to manage this anxiety, we, we can get stuck in that hyper arousal state, hyper vigilance, uh, unable to sleep, insomnia, the flashbacks. And maybe after all this adrenaline uh, persists for some time, our body might just crash into the lower part of the window, uh, like feeling numb, lethargic, depressed, avoiding our daily commitment, maybe feeling numb and wanting to just stay at home all the time. And this is kind of what I understand of the CPTSD from the ICD-11. And how do you personally see complex trauma? Mm, complex trauma is complex. <laughs> what, what makes it complex? Um, because I feel things like emotional regulation, relationship issues, uh, mm. alterations in attention, belief system being affected, mm. somatic distress. I was also wondering like how it would be different in mental health issues like depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. like all of these definitions do, um, definitions and the experience of these disturbances like, do surface in people who have, who might have experienced uh, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So if you, if a person in front of me who experienced trauma, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Even after talking to the person, I might not be able to tell whether this person has undergone any traumatic event or not and whether the person is experiencing CPTSD. Right, right. Mm. I think to me, when we talk about complex trauma, it's all about relationships. So when we talk about PTSD, we're talking about events, right? But when we talk about complex trauma... To me, it's about relationships and it's about relationships that took away our personal sense of agency, took away our, our need for authenticity, so the ability to be who we are. And it's also about destroying or taking away our need for connection. Yeah, mm. so I feel that complex trauma has a lot of links to say theories of attachment Mm -hmm. and we're happy to put in our notes you know um, information about attachment that you're welcome to go look into the work of attachment the work of bonding so these look at fundamental needs that we have as human beings that tension between needing to connect with other people versus the need to be uh, who we are authentically. And I think a lot of the complex trauma happens when we are in relationships that either does not meet our need for connection. So for example, even just living with or growing up in an environment where you are often dismissed or, or in an environment where your voice doesn't matter, um, can become CPTSD. Uh, 
So you mentioned just now about child abuse, family violence. So neglect is another one, right? Ne- neglect is a feature where we see children's uh, fundamental needs are not being met. And this, this need doesn't have to be just physical shelter or food. Uh, of course, those are important, but it's, it can also be their need to connect with their caregivers. Yeah. Mm. Um, of course, you know, we have things like uh, receiving verbal abuse, physical abuse, but sometimes that taking away our need to be our true authentic self can also manifest in the forms of like, you know, receiving a lot of messages that uh, we will never measure up to uh, expectations, we will never be good enough to be who we are. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about a lot of narratives that we may hear when we are growing up. And as children, you know, we really take these statements like as the gospel truth, you know, like the one and only truth. When we hear those statements repeatedly enough, we as children begin to digest and build our identity as that. Right, we, we, we know how identity formation is so important in the, in the early childhood years. And so that's where the nuances of complex trauma really come into play. And I would also say that possibly it's not just the relationships that we experience in our childhood that can have the potential to, to cause or, or to lead into complex trauma, but a lot of the close relationships that we establish in our adult years. For example, our relationship with our bosses, our relationship with our spouses, our relationship with our partners, um, anything, any kind of relationship that denotes some kind of a power differential. And if the person with, the, with more power actually abuses that power and violates the trust, then there is that potential where it, it may become complex trauma at some point where we begin to uh, really beat, beat ourselves up or we don't see ourselves as worthy, like you were saying just now. Actually, yeah. I, I really like it that you bring out the, the concept or the word neglect. Mm. I feel this term is quite hazy in my mind. Mm. Like I know the meaning of neglect. Mm. But I think when we t- think about trauma, we we would usually think of the word abuse, mm. like an action being done onto somebody yeah. to cause harm. And this somebody is someone of a, in a greater power than, than you. Um, but neglect is something that we can't really see. Like it, because it is a withdrawal of something. Like mm. you just don't say something or do something. Um, and actually, I, I wouldn't even think so much about it, like the impact of it, yeah. of not showing love, yeah, or not expressing love yeah. to a child maybe, yeah. or dismissing the child when the child is yearning for affection and love. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I think the impact of neglect, it sounds insidious <laughs> to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and so, so recently I've heard this body-based pers- perspective or lens 
at looking at trauma and talks about too much, too fast and too little. And initially, I was like, okay, too much and too fast makes per- perfect sense based on the available uh, definitions that we are all familiar with. But when I saw the word too little, I was quite, I was quite intrigued by it. And I was like, hmm, under what circumstances would too little be traumatic? And then I, I realized the part about that neglectful um, doesn't have to be just parenting, but also neglectful relationships that we may have experienced in our lives uh, can potentially, you know, um, cause, not say cause, but, you know, result in this uh, feeling of not worthy so, or, or not being enough for other people to shower us with the love that we yearn for. So like you said, you know, complex trauma is not just about that um, extreme emotional response or strong body sensations when we get flashbacks of certain events in our lives, but complex trauma has that additional layer of um, impacted self-concept or self-belief or self-identity. Like, who am I? As an individual, we, this, this identity might get blurred out because we did not have an opportunity to explore that as children, perhaps. Um, and so I think, as I was sharing just now, I, I suddenly think of like a recent event that also triggered my own, I guess, my own features of complex trauma in my body, which is that, you know, when I saw a relationship that was unfolding in front of me where one party who had more power over the other person, you know, this person with more power was essentially suppressing the voice of uh, this other person. I felt a lot of, I felt a lot of reaction in my gut and I knew that this wasn't right, right? And I wanted to voice it out, but somehow I was doubting my own voice and I was wondering whether I should inform, you know, other people in the system that these two individuals were in, whether I should inform the rest of the system that, hey, you know, this is happening and this is really not a right thing to do. But I, I, I felt like there was a part of me that was suppressing my own voice and when I really reflected on that entire experience, you know, there were a lot of uncomfortable sensations in my gut whenever I think about this one person who was abusing their power um, over the other person. And eventually when I truly um, mastered the courage to voice out my discomfort and, and, you know, what I was witnessing, suddenly that that part of my gut just felt a lot freer. Wow. Yeah, and it was a it was something very nuanced. And in that moment, I also felt like it, it was like it was almost like a reinforcement to myself. Like, hey, this should be how it should be, right? Like, I like I affirm myself that mm. I I did the right thing by voicing out my discomfort. I'm not here to judge either individuals but I'm just simply voicing out the discomfort and why 
I feel that this is not a right thing to do. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I wonder what helped you um, make that decision to voice out because there's mm. like too a, a struggle. Yeah, and 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 I was saying how my own history was impact it was affecting me in in that I was suppressing my own voice right I mm. feel like I shouldn't say anything because I'm not in the position to and that my voice may not matter you know even if I voice it out maybe nobody will listen nobody will believe so that's that's where mm, I want to talk about the importance of having a supportive network mm. I spoke I spoke about my struggle with two close friends and both of them really encouraged and affirmed to me that you know what I was sensing in my gut are signals from my own body to to tell me that something really isn't quite right here and they they essentially affirmed those sensations they affirmed my gut feelings and they encouraged me that I should raise it up to the rest of the system mm. that gave me that really gave me the courage to step forth to say, hey, this is not right, even though I know that I might be going against the grain. Okay. Mm. I love the support that your friend has given to you. Yeah. And I thought it's really ironic. Like with complex PTSD, mm. uh, the harm comes uh, in the context of relationships. Mm. And yet we, we need relationships to move fast in the direction of positivity, of growth, of affirmation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any other lens that it's already 40 over minutes now? We had originally planned for this to be a short episode, but uh, just talking about a few definitions already I guess got we us have a to... lot to talk. Yeah. Any other? So I guess we've talked about, you know, some of the official, you know, with inverted commas, official definitions of trauma. We also had a little chat about body-based perspective of trauma, as well as this idea of um, uh, trauma-based or anchored around events versus trauma that is anchored around relationships. Before we end off this episode today, Teacher Tammy, I call her Teacher Tammy because uh, that's what the kids love to call her. (laughs) Yeah, Tammy, anything else you want to share about um, lens to look at trauma? I feel like uh, what would make those definitions... uh, more relatable to me and mm. I could feel or feel them more is to really uh, hear of living stories yeah, yeah. it's like uh, listening to how uh, these events may be like for the person the impact the feelings the sensations um it will make me help me feel the person more. Yeah. Right, right. Because right now when I research definitions, I feel it's a little uh, far away from me. Mm. And and I think what helped was your your story. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I feel like my whole body is sinking into the 
destination. Mm, not sinking more. into the couch. Huh? The couch that you're <laughs> sitting on. <laughs> Maybe 50%. <laughs> well, you know, when you sink into that, that lens, then it also reflects, right, in your physical body. Like, yeah. your body relaxes a little bit more. Getting more comfortable with this en- external environment. Mm. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I would love to hear... My interest is really a lot more with the lived experiences and the stories of trauma. Like I said, complex trauma is so nuanced and there are so many little nuances to how it comes up in our relationships, our beliefs about ourselves and the world and definitely the ways that it comes out in our body. So we... um, did this episode today because we know that a lot of people are curious about definitions. Um, Our interest is in the lived experiences and the stories. And from the next episodes onwards, we're going to try and reach out to different guests, to, you know, anyone who is keen to come have a little chat with us about what trauma means to them, what trauma means to them and their own stories of perhaps lessons Mm -hmm. drawn from their experiences, perhaps the healing journey that they are on, or perhaps just little pieces of insights and curiosities that they may have. So as you are listening out there, we, again, you know, we want to call for invitations Mm -hmm. for you to join us in this conversation the stuff that we covered today in in terms of definitions and different lens of understanding trauma it's something that we curated based on our work and we would love to know what you what else you might be curious about what other questions you might have when it comes to definitions um, or, or what trauma might mean to you so we would love to hear from you and I think we learn better when we talk it out or share more with each other. Mm. And that's what I personally believe. So yeah. um, you're welcome to yeah, reach out to us if you want to, to share with us your questions, your comments, or maybe even your story. Yeah. It can be anonymous yes. if you want to. Yes. Yeah. And if you are happy for us to share your stories on the podcast, feel free to let us know as well and you can find us on instagram our handle is in my body sg we are also on facebook with the same handle as well yeah so till the next time we'll see you my name is yokes my name is tammy thank you so much for being with us over the last 40 minutes thank you Bye -bye. bye bye